Welcome back, everybody. Happy hump day. It's Wednesday. You guys know what that means. This episode's a little extra special. Just a tad bit. Yeah, and I, you know what? I'd even go as far as to say this one's a lot extra special. Yeah, this is big. Because we had a big main event Saturday night. Everybody knows about it. Everybody was watching it. Everybody I knew. I'm like the only, I'm known as like the UFC guy, you know, in these in my in my in my circles. Mm-hmm. However, everybody was watching the damn fight Saturday. This is true. I was like, come on, guys, where were you for Figueredo Moreno? Right, we were big on that one. <laughs> we we tried, we tried then. Uh, it's fine. And when they fight again, that's uh, fine. I I get it. Yeah. I'm just I'm joking around. A Clearly, Davidson is the next Connor. We saw Dustin Poirier knock out Conor McGregor Saturday. Yeah, night, we did. Which. Let's be honest. Didn't see that coming. Didn't really see it coming. No. But it happened. Yes, it did. And thank God that we decided, or I shouldn't say we decided, but thank God that it played out the way it did to where we're doing this episode after the fight. This almost came before. Yeah, because originally, original plan was to do this before that Wednesday card is what stopped it. Yeah. Because we just didn't do a Wednesday episode. Yeah. But it could have, we could have been doing this episode before the fight and me being someone who was very confident that Connor was going to win and you being kind of like 50-50 on the whole thing, I would say. I mean, you wanted Poirier to win. You chose Poirier to win, but... I didn't think it was going to happen. I, you knockout. thought it was going to be like a decision, yeah. war type yeah. fight. Um, yeah, I just think that video would have been compromised a bit. It would have felt dated no, already. This is the perfect time for this. Yeah, it would have felt very yeah, I mean, dated. win or lose, this would have been the perfect time. Yeah, so, so obviously, as you know, we've, we've been setting it up here. We're talking about it, but we haven't addressed what we're doing here. In case you can't tell by the title, this is The State Of. Part 2. Conor McGregor. Mm-hmm. Now, for those of you that haven't seen our first part of this series. A banger. Yeah, it's about the men's flyweight division in the UFC. Go check that out. Had a lot of fun doing that one. Um, this is a this, a series idea where essentially so broad we talk about the history of a certain aspect of mixed martial arts or promotion, a fighter, a, a fight, a, or MMA as a whole, <laughs> a rivalry, anything, whatever, anything. anything. That's what I like about it. It's, but we 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 detailed the history of it, and that's meant to kind of paint the picture, as I like to say. So that way you get a full grasp of where we are, like how we got here. And then we talk about the state of and what directions it can go. Yep. So for the men's flyweight division, we talked about the inauguration of that division with the four-man tournament that kind of got botched and Demetrius Johnson's dominant reign. Then Henry Cejudo kind of took things a little more mainstream and ultimately led us to Figgy. What looked like another dominant champion? So yeah, well, be. the UFC nearly cutting the division, mm-hmm. and then we get Figgy as champ, and how you know he's looked at that time. We were talking about how dominant. Yeah, he had yeah that was before the Moreno. Yeah, fight. before the Moreno fight, and um, then we obviously was like, okay, what are the, some threats to the division? What are some of the pr- most promising aspects of it in the future? You know, we just detailed all of that, but here we're talking about a man's career. Yes. Not just any man, the man, the man yeah. Conor McGregor, the biggest star in combat sports history, in UFC history. There, there have been bigger stars. I mean, he's not bigger than Floyd Mayweather. Star, as a star. I mean, Floyd Mayweather sold a lot more pay per views. That's because it's boxing. I just think as a overall 
phenomenon, it's not been close. And in like combat sports, <laughs> Mike Tyson, dude. I mean, it's, you gotta look Ali? at the times, Brent. You gotta <laughs> no, look at the times too. I'm just I, I, at the time, okay, McGregor went big. I think we're getting off track here. All right, all right. <laughs> One of the biggest stars in combat sports history. Now that's a quote we can agree on. And yeah, we're just gonna talk about really his whole career, highs, lows, everything in between, and. Where does he go from here? Because he is at a bit of a low point right now. You know, the majority of MMA media, or not even, you know, now when he fights, it's not just MMA media, it's all sports media. So all of the sports broadcasters and the journalists are, you know, including yourself, (laughs) they are now talking about, is Conor McGregor done? Is he washed? Did he lose... To, you know, a lot of people are almost like talking down on Poirier because he's not at the star level of McGregor, which is yeah. at blasphemous. That's a, uh, we'll we'll talk about that. Yeah. But because of that, he is in a bit of a down spot right now, just based off of the narratives that are at play. Um, I think you'll find that we'll be a little bit kinder to him as far as in his current state. But there is some definite points in here where we're going to have to be real. Right, So I think without further ado, we're just going to kind of hop in here, right? The timeline. So I'm going to start by asking you a question. You know, obviously we're going to go all the way back to kind of his, his beginnings here, but where, do you remember like kind of when you first took notice of Conor McGregor? Like when it was, what fight was being billed, you know? Because his rise... Was it okay? Because his rise was around when you first, or when you started becoming more Real, passionate yeah, about it. Yeah, Dennis Seaver was big. Mm-hmm. That was big, and uh, that was him headlining a fight night, right? Yep. And uh, just the way he did it, and uh, the you know the the trash talk, the flipping him off during the stare down, and really that was another guy that Connor had already had defeated before they even <laughs> stepped into the octagon. It was already over with. Similar to how, you know, I truly believe Aldo was already defeated before they ever locked into the octagon. And that was when you really saw, like, okay, this dude backs up what he says, and he's going to do it in dominant fashion. <coughs> and uh, Seaver at the time, by the way, was no joke. I mean, that was, like, your way to get to a title shot, which he did following that with Mendez. Interim title shot, I should say. So that was the one for me. Yeah. Nice. Um, yeah, I, again, I my very first card I watched live was UFC 199. Three months after that, he was in a rematch with Nate Diaz to kind of avenge his first loss in the UFC. So I kind of, I kind of started watching right at like the, right as he was hitting that, that peak, Mm -hmm. you know, UFC 205, becoming the two division champion, um, beating Eddie Alvarez in what is probably the best performance of his entire career. And, you know, the headline, that was the first New York card and first card at Madison Square Garden, I should say. Um, So I kind of missed a lot of that, a lot of that, uh, you know, the Dennis Seaver fight, Mm. the Chad Mendes fight. I remember hearing about Conor McGregor because how could you, you couldn't avoid it. After, especially after the Chad or the lead up to, and then after the Chad Mendez fight, I mean, you couldn't avoid it anymore. Yeah, and when he one punched Aldo, it was yeah. like 
and I and I and I don't remember specifically if I like was aware of that knockout or what. I I remember like one of my earliest memories of Conor McGregor is also one of my earliest of Ronda Rousey, and it was that the night I remember being at a buddy of mine's house the night that I want to say it was, I guess that Conor lost to Nate Diaz. Okay. That happened after Rhonda had lost to Holly Holm. Yeah. Both of those two, Rhonda and Connor, were on the cover yep. of UFC two. So I just remember like seeing a memes type thing. There yeah. was a meme with like the crying Jordan faces yeah. on both of them. And that was like one of my I was like, Oh wow, both their top stars must have lost like yeah. and, and I remember being really shocked about Rhonda losing, but Connor, I was just kinda like, Oh, that must be their big star, huh? Just a few months later, you would invite me over, watch pay-per-view, and... The rest is history. The rest now is history. Now we're here talking on a damn podcast. Yeah. And it it has been an interesting ride. I mean, for me to, like, come in, start watching, and you, like, immediately... You, you see a lot of the, you know... When you're trying to figure out who people are, right? Like, trying to remember fighters, trying to remember fights, trying to remember all this stuff... I just remember, like, I'm like, okay, wait, who's that guy? I feel like I've seen him fight before. But then when Connor was up there, it was like, no question. Mm. Couldn't miss him. The way he talked, the way he spoke, the way he fought. You just, you always were, you might not have been a fan of him, but you always knew who he was, regardless yeah. of how little you watched or whatnot. And, yeah, I mean, that's that's definitely skipping ahead a bit. I'm just laying the groundwork here for kind of our experiences and, how you know? I I I have I've always considered myself to be a Conor McGregor fan. I I don't. There's not many fighters that I would sit here and tell you that I don't like. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, I recognize these are all individuals. These are all people. Doing the hardest job in the world. One of the yeah. I mean, there it's sure like for a guy like Conor, you see the 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 fame, the glory, the glory, the yacht, the car. Yeah, you see all the shiny stuff, but you look at what he had to do. To get to that point. I mean, we're talking about a guy that was on food stamps and welfare coming mm-hmm. into his UFC debut. And now he's one of the biggest stars in the world. Yeah. And one of the richest on the Forbes list time after time after time. It's just unbelievable. <laughs> I think that's a good way to segue kind of when you go back to the beginning before even his UFC career. In 2006, he was, like you said... Living on welfare, he picked up a, a plumbing apprenticeship. Yep, um, that was his humble beginnings, you know, because he he moved with his family in 2006 to Dublin. Um, while he was there, that's when he would meet Tom Egan, who was a uh, guy who would end up fighting in the UFC mm-hmm. later on. And soon after they met, they started training MMA together. So that's kind of where the start happens. Yeah. That's where where it hits right 2006 the flame he would have been literally he would have been like 18 years old when yeah. he started mma which is kind of late it's kind of late for for some people when you look at how, i know he was uh boxing at like 10 yeah so i mean it, it kind of he's like been around they but, always seem to start on one discipline at yeah. a really young age and then pick up the rest later yep that's that's a good way to put it it's definitely something that you gradually become more and more invested mm-hmm. in as you go and you start with like that one aspect and mm-hmm. then you pick up more and more 
Um, but yeah, that's kind of where he starts. But as far as when you want to get into his fighting career, I mean, you really have to start with the fact that he was a two-division champion for Cage Warriors, I think. Yeah, the two-time um, champ champ. Yeah, and still didn't defend either one of those belts either. This is also true. Um, that was just a small a <laughs> small dig. jab. A but um, Yeah, he was a two-division champion for Cage Warriors. Cage Warriors... Rosie, I don't know. Probably one of the bigger, I would say, minor league in quotation promotions. You know, they're very much a a um, a, a breeding ground, especially I guess. in the UK. Yeah, you know? that yeah, that's for where UK it's, it's real big there. And that's where you saw kind of the star potential form for a guy like mm. Connor. You know, in the UK, they're very passionate MMA viewers, but they're kind of like, as far as MMA promotions go, it's, they're not very much treated like... Yeah, there's only so many big ones. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's it seems like the UK, when it comes to mixed martial arts, they have some of the most passionate fans in the world, but MMA promotions don't really give them quite that time of day. You mm-hmm. know, most of the cards are at very, yeah. at times, that very Feel much appeal them, to an American audience, yeah. but... They have to stay up till five, six yeah, in the I mean, morning. These pay per views that start at ten, they're like five hours ahead of us over there. I think at the mm-hmm. earliest, so it's like freaking three in the morning when they start, you know. And because of that, these cards like Cage Warriors, and I'm not saying I, I don't know the specifics, but a lot of these cards, these smaller promotions, are more popular in the UK because they're more they're, they're more time. accessible to yeah. you know your your uh, clock yeah. as you want to call it, your sleeping clock. And that's how a guy like Conor McGregor blows up the way he does. Mm-hmm. It starts there. You know, he was this Irish fighter. He's got the Irish accent. He's got that passionate, just speaking attitude behind him. He very much reminds me of, like, a guy, an Irish guy you might see in a pub, especially yeah. back then. And I think that's what gravitated such an audience of those Irish fans to him. Yeah. And then he comes to the UFC First ever fight in the UFC over Marcus Brimage. A fight where he would win via TKO a minute and seven seconds into the fight. From from right there, right from the rip, the power was put on display. Mm-hmm. Very first UFC fight, very first minute, two minutes of the of his career in the UFC. Now and that was uh one of the what, two or three times that he was not a main event in his entire UFC career. It's just mind yeah, blowing. He actually that was his debut was on a fuel TV Yep, card, that's what I thought. Headlined by Gegard Mousasi and Alir Latifi. Wow. Pretty sure Alir Latifi was making his UFC debut there. I think he stepped in for a injured uh fighter, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Pretty sure that's that card. But, that was overseas yeah. that fight, wasn't it? It was in Sweden. Yeah, that's what yeah. I thought. Actually, I'm pretty sure it was uh, supposed to be Gustafsson. Yeah, yeah. Because Latifi trains with Gustafsson. Yeah, so I think in. Latifi stepped in in his UFC debut to headline a card. Yeah. Just fun fact there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Fuel TV, which I'm pretty sure is not even... A thing. A thing anymore. No. But it was a Fox, like... Yeah. Del- what do you want to call it? Like a... Like one of their... Offspring, like one yeah. of their side channels. A lot of UFC cards were on there, or FX. Yeah. Or Fox Sports One, whatever you want to call it. There was a few like of the those. ESPN twos, ESPN yeah. news that we see. ESPN today. the Ocho. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, he would follow this up though on a fight night headlined by 
Shogun Hua and Chael Sonnen against Max Holloway. A very young, very green Max Holloway. I want to tell you, I want to tell you, this fight, listen to some of this, right? So you have, back at this time, this is, I think, right before, like, Fight Pass was brought around. So your early prelims were usually on Facebook. Yeah. Or YouTube. Isn't that crazy? Or both. So on the, on this card, you opened a card. James Vick was the very first fight. After him, Ovin St. Prue. Wow. This is fun. And then you get to the prelims. And the third fight, so not even headlining the prelims, was Conor McGregor versus Max Holloway. In a fight where Conor wrestled almost three full rounds due to a torn ACL yeah. that happened in the very beginning of the fight. Fought the whole fight with the torn ACL. Interesting. I actually wasn't aware of that either. Yeah, and uh, the, that's one of the longest layoffs Conor's ever had until recently. Yeah. Was that year after the torn ACL. And uh, at the time, this Max is not the Max we see today. We're talking to a guy that was 21, may have still even been 20 when this fight occurred. So green, and uh, truly just to have no answers when the fight got to the ground. Because we're talking about Connor, one of the best strikers in UFC history. He dominated the fight on the ground the whole time. Max didn't know yeah. what to do. It's so interesting. When it was on the feet, it was actually relatively fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Just to see them both where they've came from is uh, unbelievable. So, yeah, that's a little tidbit there and the torn ACL and all that. But he gets the decision victory, Yeah, which is one of only two decision victories he has in the UFC every other one coming via finish so another interesting fact the headline of that prelims was uh, Michael McDonald getting a submission win over Brad Pickett Ah, Brad one punch yeah so uh, kind of just interesting facts there Travis Brown with that front kick over Overeem was the co-main no kidding yeah, you got Uriah Faber against Yuri Alcantara. This is actually a what really was good the fight exact night. date on this? Uh, it was August seventeenth, two thousand thirteen. Man, oh man! Uh, Michael Johnson versus Joe Lozon opened the main card. Yeah, that's actually a really good fight night. <laughs> I'm looking at it, um, but yeah, uh, two big wins. But as you said, one of the longest layoffs in his career from August twenty thirteen. Until July 2014, so 11 months, mm-hmm. no Connor. And it was obvious already at this point that, like, this guy had star potential. Yeah. You know, it's very, I think it's somewhat similar to where we see guys like Kevin Holland or Hamzad at right now. Mm-hmm. Probably more Hamzad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's like, you see the star potential, but it's like, man, they really want to just shoot him to the moon. Like, and that's what—that's exactly what they're doing. And, then, and there's a lot of those Conor. questions starting to rise about Connor. Like, is he going to be pushed too fast? Well, or, and even Edmund is another. We've talked about Edmund yeah, so Edmund, many times, yep. you know, with all the hype they had around him, and we saw he did, in yeah. fact, get pushed too fast. So, it's always a risk. But then he he fights Marcus, uh, or excuse me, Diego Brandao. Yep. Gets a TKO there. Big name at the time, by the way, for yeah. the featherweight division. Yeah, he d- it's hard to like put it in perspective because yeah. this is July 2014. Yeah. But it was a big name at the time. And again, a lot of people thought that he would probably was going to lose that fight. Mm-hmm. Going into it, they're like, I don't believe in this guy's hype. They're like, he's had this long layoff. He ain't going to be the same. And then four minutes in, he's able to starch him. And you said that was his first main event? That was his first main event. Yeah, McGregor versus Brandau. 
Now, was, was that the one? It was in the, at the O2 in Dublin. Okay, yeah. So that was the one in Ireland. Mm-hmm. Jesus, man. Honestly, for like, again, I said the big one for me was when he beat Seaver. Mm-hmm. But for like people that have been following UFC or that are older than us and have followed it, that was probably the big moment. When well, he did that in Dublin. One of the benefits to him at this time um, and there's no doubt that he probably would have been headlining a card soon after this, but 2014 was one of the biggest years for UFC events. If you go back and look at some of the events they had that year, some of the headliners, like, I know, again, you put it in perspective, right? But, you know, Conor McGregor and Diego Brandel, I'm not sure if either one of those guys were ranked in this fight. That's a good point. So, like, have to do some my, basically my point is, is that... I think he was a bet. He benefited from the fact that it was a very inflated year for UFC yeah, events. So give him a main event, so he gets a main event, basically, but because of the fact that they just need the kind of because this isn't the UFC roster at six hundred plus. This is yeah. the UFC roster at like four hundred. Yeah, but you have more events than you have in present day. Yeah, so imagine trying to fill all those spots with these fighters. You're going to get some main events that. And they paper. probably saw as soon as Ireland came up on the schedule as a book venue. Yeah. Why not book Give him a shot. there? Exactly. After that, he finds his debut on a pay-per-view, UFC 178. Oh, and who was that against, Noah? It was against Dustin Poirier. The fight that, you know, has been talked about a lot recently, so we won't harp on it. Obviously, McGregor got the TKO about a minute 46 seconds in. He. This is another example. This is probably the first example. Like I know he probably trash talked before this fight, but this was the big one where people were like, "This guy beats people before he gets in the octagon." Yeah. You know, Poirier was like, you know, you saw if you've seen the the promo for UFC two fifty seven, you heard a lot of those sound bites like. Um, if, I've never if, disliked someone so much in my life. If, and... if if McGregor could fight half as good as he could talk, then I think he could beat me. Yeah. You know, things like that. Um, you saw in their, when they were having him stare down. When they are touching gloves and yeah, stuff. Yeah. I don't know why. Connor did the... Yeah, he did that. And Poirier slaps his hand. Um, yeah, it completely starched him. And Poirier was very much in that same... He didn't quite have the name power of McGregor. But he was highly that ranked. Point. But he was very looked at as like, mm-hmm. this was at featherweight. Yeah. But he was looked at as like, this guy might be a future champion in yeah. this division. You know, he was a very big prospect. And he got beat pretty easily. Fun fact about UFC 178. Headlined by Demetrius Johnson versus Chris Carriasso. Mm-hmm. Co-main, Donald Cerrone versus Eddie Alvarez. How about that? That was uh, Eddie's debut. Yep. In the UFC. Pretty sure Cowboy won. Yes, he did. Eddie lost his debut. And then third was uh, McGregor Poirier. Before that, the two fights before that. This was one of my favorite main cards of all time. Before McGregor Poirier, you get Yoel Romero versus Tim Kennedy. Stoolgate. Yeah, that is. And then to open the main card, Kat Zangano versus Amanda Nunes. Holy shit. That was the last time Amanda had lost. The last time she's lost. That is the last time she's lost, as Isn't a matter of fact. Isn't that so funny what a card that is? You have all of those like legends <laughs> yeah. on that card, and that you headline you Chris Carriasso is headlining. Yeah. With Demetrius Johnson, obviously. But like, what is just interesting. One of the biggest stars of all time on the card. Greatest women's fighter of all time <laughs> on the card. It's like, eh, whatever. Yeah. Chris Carriasso, headliner. Yeah. yeah. 
It's just a... Shout out Mighty Mouse. Yeah. Uh, after that, you would see him headline his second card. This would happen on January 18th, 2015. Again, the fight you talked about against Dennis Seaver. This fight was in Boston at the yeah. TD Garden. Yeah, I knew that. So that made fun. sense, right? You know, the Boston Celtics. Yeah, you know, the Irish fans. Very smart on the team. UFC's part to kind of... this. This I, I think it kind of showed that this guy can be global. Yeah. You know, and the easy way to kind of do that is the... Oh, where's like a big Irish kind of part of the America? Yeah. Boston, Massachusetts. You know, that Irish pride, the Celtics big there. So you kind of push him into there. And now look at him, you know. But he had to win the fight. Dennis Seaver, he kind of became a meme the in goat. the last year. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. It's like Artem Lobo. But he used to be really good. Oh, yeah. Built like a brick shit yeah, house, too. And- McGregor TKO'd him a minute 54 seconds into the second round. Performance of the this night This was bonus. like Mystic Mac in its prime. This too, is three by the straight way, performance of the night it. bonuses yeah. at that point. Yeah. And then why don't you make it four? He followed this up. Uh, this is where you get into really. After this fight, he was supposed to fight Jose for Yeah, so it took Connor five fights in the UFC to earn a title shot. And five fights. I think. Only the last two were against ranked opponents. I want to say Poirier might have been ranked at that time. Yeah, he was. We'd have to dig on the one. With Dennis Seaver, for sure. Brandao, we'd have to dig on. Yeah, Brandao, I'm not entirely sure, but I know Max and Brimage weren't. However, I'm pretty sure Seaver was ranked like ninth at the time, or eighth. Mm-hmm. And off that win, Jose Aldo, the king of Rio, the king of featherweight, one of the best fighters of all time. Yep. And you set up this world tour. Mm-hmm. Um, it really, they really just kind of handed the keys, so to speak, to Connor and let him drive. Yeah. You know, Jose does not speak English. Correct. So really, it's this kind of, they kind of just. He put the promotion on his back. I mean, when you really think about it, the UFC make this world tour yeah. where they want these guys to speak a lot. Yeah. And you only got only one of them can speak English. Yeah. So they kind of were, they definitely were playing into Connor's hand a little bit, but same time, get it? You know, Jose, King of Rio, fucking King one, of pound for pound greatest yeah. at that time yeah. in the world. Hadn't been beaten in ten years. Hadn't and, been touched. And it was an awesome like world. To, as first you've really ever seen. That's anything what I was like about. To I know it's happened a couple times since. And even if you look at Connor when he fought Floyd Mayweather, yeah, they did the four-stop tour. But that was the first time you had seen that that huge investment and in for the, the UFC to do something like that really showed how much they. I mean, you never you've never seen them in invest in press conferences really before this. They were always kind of low key. Yeah. And after this, it they've been was, a staple of the UFC. Staple. Really, they've been highly marketed, highly watched. Mm-hmm. And that's a, all really because of him. Yeah. And this is where it really was started. And what's funny is he didn't even fight Jose. Yep, I know. It's crazy. Wasn't it like, I, I want to say it was less than a month before yeah, the fight? Yeah, something like that. Uh, uh, Jose broke his rib or foot or yeah, I don't something remember. like I that. I want to say foot, but then RDA, that might have been RDA. RDA was the foot. I think Jose did weeks. a rib or something. Jose, has to, Jose has to pull out the fight. Yeah. And I remember they have the video where Dana comes into Connor's house. So badass. Yeah, and Connor's like... When I wake up, tell me who I'm fighting. (laughs) 
He's like, I'm going back to bed. Tell me who I'm fighting when I wake up. Enter Chad Money. Enter Chad Mendez, who at this point was like the guy. Dog. Like if you if you go past Jose, it's like Chad Mendez yeah. is the number one guy at featherweight. If you look at what he was doing at this time, coming into this fight, he was seventeen and two. His only losses, both to Jose Aldo. That's what I thought. Both title fights. Yep. He and his fight before this McGregor fight, he beat Ricardo Lamas via TKO. But before that was one of the best fights ever, the rematch with Jose, Mm -hmm. where he nearly won the fight. It was fight of the year for 2014. And he was just on another level back then. He had beaten guys like Darren Elkins, Clay Guida, Nick Lentz, and these were guys that were still high level. At this time, exactly. Um, And then Ricardo Lamas, like I mentioned, who... Carter Lama's overlooked now. He just retired a few months ago. But that guy, well, even when stunned. I first started watching, that was when him and Max had the yep. stand and bang moment yep. and stuff. Um, he was very, if he would have beat, if Ricardo wins that fight, he's fighting, fighting for a, for a vote. title. Yeah. So then he comes into this Connor fight, 17 and 2. Three weeks notice. Three weeks notice. But Connor being the very boxing heavy style, Here's this the is where the. The wrestler. It seemed, and it, it would never stop after this, but mm-hmm. it seemed every opponent that Connor would get after this. This is where we saw. It was like the, 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 we saw the start of people. The haters. The haters. Yeah. So, yeah. And I don't want to say that now. You Pointing know, out. This nowadays, I can see you not liking Connor McGregor. Back then, I feel like if you just hated you on hating him, on you were just hating on him because he's just being skyrocketed and stuff. However,. They were saying no way Connor's being protected by from a wrestler, yeah. and now he's going to lose essentially because yeah. Chad Mendez is a great wrestler. And to Chad's credit, this was the first time we ever saw Connor get tested. Yeah, on the first round, I would say Chad won the won the first. The round. one and only time. Well, I guess he may have technically bled against Dustin this past Saturday. The only time Connor has ever bled his own blood in the UFC octagon. It's interesting. Yeah, and, um, first round, I would have said Chad probably won. Got takedown, nice ground and pound. Connor just kind of hanging on. Sliced by some elbows and yeah. cut him up. But Second, Connor did actually didn't do terrible from the back. No. He kind of even landed his own. Yeah, I mean, no, he there. was doing good. But you got to yeah, gotta give it to Mendez. Then you go in that second round, and um, Connor starts doing a lot of front kicks to the body. Beat up Chad. Beat up Chad. Very quickly. Chad got very tired. Very and I think that uh, also so, on short notice. Short notice, but yeah. also you know Chad's not necessarily the body work was. Yeah. Oof. And then he drops him. All that left hand. That left hand, and mm. that happened. Actually, there was three seconds left in the second round. It was a amazing way to kind of cap off that pay per view. Um, he won the interim belt. I forgot to say that was for the interim featherweight yeah. belt. Uh, performance of the night bonus there. Um, fun fact about this card: this was UFC 189, the debut of Reebok as the official sponsor of MMA's uh, gear or of UFC's yeah. gear. Co-main event: Robbie Lawler versus Rory McDonald my, too, oh my. which is what we call the best fight of all time and the fight of the year that year. So imagine watching that card. <laughs> you get those fights back to back. What before, else was on the main before card? that? 
You open the main card. Thomas Almeida getting a flying knee knockout of Brad Pickett. After that, you had Gunnar Nelson getting a rear naked choke submission of a Brandon Thatch. Brandon Thatch, by the way, a guy who looked like he might be a stud at mm-hmm. one point in time. And Gunnar. Yeah. <laughs> Jeremy Stevens getting a TKO flying knee and punches win over Dennis Bermudez. Now, now hold on. You know what that means. That's five fights on a main card, five finishes. Five finishes. <laughs> Sign oh, me up. Headline of the prelims, Matt Brown guillotine submission over Tim Means. Wow. Wow. Cody, what a card. Cody Garbrandt was on this card. That was probably one of his debut. That might have been his debut. I think it was. against Henry Briones. Sheesh, man. Uh, Mike Swick was on this card. That was probably one of his last yeah, fights in exactly. the UFC. He lost to Alex Garcia. Luis Smolka was on the the fight pass his first fights yeah from the ultimate fighter so I just like the that's a hell of a card that's a hell top of a top to bottom it Ooh. was the debut of Reebok man yeah that's true that's true so and it delivered if you can if you can see how they're really pushing McGregor to lead this this charge into the into the the later half of this uh, decade as the star mm. the face of the UFC you know Ronda's there at this point she's established but you need that male also counterpart. You know, yeah, you need it both. was a perfect storm. And you had the Reebok deal. You've had you've got this huge pay per view. At- this portion of the UFC right here, this 2015, like you said, with Connor and Ronda both, mm-hmm. and then the Reebok, so on and so forth, is a big, big reason why the UFC sold for so much money the following. Oh year. yeah, 100%, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. And what happens after this only helps that number. Yeah. yeah. So he beats Chad, so it's obvious him and Jose are going to fight again. And this is going to headline UFC 194 at the MGM Grand. So what was the uh, timing, sorry, from Mendez to August? So it was 189. 189 to 194. Yeah, so it would have been from July 2015 to December. Okay. So our last pay-per-view of 2015, UFC 194, Aldo versus McGregor. More shit talking to lead up, you know. They're face-to-face, and Connor's like, let me closer. Yeah. Let me smell his pussy. Oh. And you just see Aldo's fucking eyes just red. Grabs the belt. Yeah. Or that was oh, part yeah. of the world tour. It was one, you know, just Either all of one. that. Yeah. The world tour is You can just tell that Aldo's fucking pissed. Yeah. And people are like, okay, it's been fun. This Ron McGregor's been on. But it's Jose Aldo. But it's Jose Aldo. Yeah. There's no way he beats Aldo, right? Mm-hmm. One punch. 13 seconds. Like the only strike that landed, I think. There might have been a leg kick. 13 <laughs> seconds. A shot he practiced in the that, back. That's the... Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's... Uh, and that predicted. That, yeah. He literally said, Jose will overextend. He will counter with a left hand and knock him out cold. And it's exactly what happened. And it happened. Mystic Mac. He predicts these teams. He, he does. And this, yeah. the, the rocket ship is to the moon right now. Like, I mean, as if it already you, wasn't. You just beat it went from the sh- best featherweight of all time in 13 seconds after you had already established yourself as like the face of the. He did all this, the being the fa- he was the face of the company before he even won the belt. Yeah. And now he just won the belt in 13 seconds. Yeah. So much so that the UFC didn't even want him to defend the belt. <laughs> well, other fights on this main card. Um, I like how you're doing this. Yeah, uh, I'll throw out, I'll throw out who was on some names a off couple, the prelims. Yeah. 
Uh, fight pass prelims, Yancey Medeiros versus John McDessie. Mm. Uh, Court McGee on the fight pass prelims. Uh, on the regular prelims, Warley Alves beating Colby Covington. We just talked about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tisha Torres. Uriah Faber was the headliner of the prelims. Headliner of the prelims? Frankie Science. Who was on the main card? Main card started with Max Holloway versus Jeremy Stevens. Unanimous oh, decision baby. win. Damian Maya again, unanimous decision win over Gunnar Nelson. That was when he was starting to hit that mm-hmm. good spot for Damian. Yoel Romero getting a split decision win over Jacare Souza. Mm. And our co-main, Luke Rockhold getting a TKO over Chris Weidman. I did two title fights that night. Yep. And put... Now, usually when they do tight, multiple title fights, they do heaviest last. Yeah. Nope. 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 Sorry, Luke. And don't get me wrong. Luke Rockhold, Chris Weidman, I mean, especially Weidman being the guy that beat Silva. Yeah. yeah. You could sell that pretty well. Weidman was still undefeated then, or like one loss yeah. or something. So. And then he threw the By rate of this kick. pay-per-view, by the way, $1.2 million. Yeah. Um, just for comparison, that's, pretty, that's what Masvidal and uh, Usman did. Yeah. But on a three title fight card, yeah, on Fight Island, yeah, you know, just put it into perspective. Yeah. Um, following this, the plan, you know, there's a lot of talk. You know, who's he going to defend the belt against? Is it going to be an immediate rematch with Jose? That's kind of the big one. Uh, Frankie Edgar is another name being thrown around. But instead, they were going for history. <laughs> they decide they're going to have him go up against Rafael Dos Anjos, straight killer at the time, still who, is a killer, who by was the, way. the lightweight champion. Yeah. He had beaten Anthony Pettis, the Wheaties box guy. Yeah. The guy who people really thought could be another star on that level. Yeah, yeah. And RDA smashed him. Yeah. So then then you have another, you know, I don't want to say a tour, but another set of press conferences. You know, this is where Connor says things like, you know, uh, it's you know, break out the red panties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like they, in RDA, you know, he's at the presser. Uh, Connor holds his hand out, and RDA doesn't shake his hand. So Connor poses with his hand out, trying to look like the good guy <laughs> in the pictures. Yeah. So the Connor's shit talking was just at another level. And RDA, man, what a guy! Great fighter, great guy. Four Brazilians. Yeah, he just couldn't hang with them when it came to the mic, and. Um, that was also where the pl- the seeds would be planted for, uh, I believe, McGregor Cerrone. I believe that's the press conference yeah, where Cerrone yeah. said they that they were too big. To They're too big. He goes, yeah. no, you're slow. Yeah. You're stuck in the mud. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so uh, that fight doesn't happen, though. Nope. And it still never happened to this day. And RDA. It's looking like it might happen. Yeah, two weeks before the fight, breaks his foot. Yeah, sort of like a balloon. <laughs> it did. Like an American football. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> so, who's going to step in, right? In order to find out, we got to rewind. <laughs> yep, for like six months before. Nate Diaz, a guy who has been fighting for the UFC for, at this point, it had been... He's grown up in front what, of a our decade? <laughs> like, yeah. he'd been fighting in the UFC forever. Ultimate fighter winner. Um... He was coming off basically... A fight Night Headliner. Fight Night Headliner. Michael Johnson. Michael Johnson. Dom. It actually wasn't the Fight Night Headliner. It wasn't the Headliner? Nope. Headliner was uh, Dos Anjos versus Cowboy 2. Oh. Actually, it was the third fight. No shit. 
Co-mained Overeem gained a TKO win over JDS. Man, look at these fight nights. Yeah. <laughs> Opening that fight night card, Carolina Kovalkiewicz and Randa Marcos. Carolina, on a tear at the time, was undefeated. Headliner of the prelims, Charles Oliveira with the submission over Miles Jury. Charles? Hmm. Talk about him a little later, too. <laughs> Kamaru Usman beating Leon Edwards was on that card. The last time Leon The very lost. first fight of that card was Francis Ngannou's debut. Wow. With a knockout over Luis Henrique. We just need one episode where we just pull up like five random pay-per-views yeah. and go through the whole card. Yeah, I know. It's kind of fun, isn't it? Happen. But people, what's funny is I also thought it was the headliner of that yeah. box card, but it's not. Huh. Third fight of the card, he beats Michael Johnson. Dominated him. Unanimous decision. One of the best performances of Nate's career. It's true. And now... Yeah. He had he was coming off a loss to RDA in his previous fight, and that was you know after that RDA got a title shot based off that win. So Nate, you could tell was at the top, but guess how much he made for this fight, Dom? Was it like twenty thousand dollars? Twenty thousand to show, twenty thousand to win. He made $40,000 now. Little did he know he'd never like see us, that small of a check again. For people like us, that ain't, hey, hey, that's a... And 40 grand in a night? That's pretty good. But when you're one of the top guys yeah. in your entire division, it showed that, and this is when Dana said stuff like, he's not a needle mover. Mm-hmm. His brother's a needle mover. You know, things like that. Oh. So Nate calls a shot. He's got the biggest win of his career. Live on Fox, by the way. <laughs> Live on Fox. He gets on the, he gets on the mic. He goes, Conor McGregor. There were no beeps on TV. Conor McGregor, you've taken everything I work for, motherfucker. I'm going to fight your fucking ass. Kids, plug your ears. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, uh, don't. uh, You know what the real money fight is? is. It's me. me. Not these fools you done punked at the press conference. (laughs) That's the easy fight. Yeah. Yeah. One of the greatest call outs of all time. But then nothing came of it at that time. At that time. By the way. Right. However, very random. That happened in December 2015, so yeah. right around the time that Connor beat. It might have been the week. It was the week after Connor. Yeah, uh, beat Jose Aldo. Nate planted the seeds, but it, it, it's not until March. So March is when we get the fight. So not too long, like four months, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen. It's kind of. I'm sure people at that time, like if we were doing this podcast then, we probably would have been like. Why is he calling out Conor McGregor? Yeah. That fight will never happen. Yeah. <laughs> he decides that he's going to step in. I shouldn't say he decides, but it's decided he's stepping in here to headline UFC 196. On just how long of a notice? Like two weeks? Yeah, I mean, they, this like fight that? gets moved up to be a welterweight. Because so, they couldn't have time to cut the weight? Yeah, so I mean, it, there's kind of a shit show Connor here. Conor weighed in at like 168 pounds. Yeah, so I mean, it was a bit of a shit show kind of getting to this point. But he had some awesome press conference moments here too. They were very small scaled, like they were outside. like in a UFC gym. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, uh, he's he's like, he's Connor. Nate, saying, what's two plus two? Or, that was on. Uh, that was on. The, uh, or is that part CNN two? Money or CNN, something? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're like, uh, all right, guys, the producers want you to count to five. He's like, well, yeah, you yeah. can only count the or wait. Yeah, it's like Nate can, or no, count to ten. He goes, Nate can only count to five. <laughs> But then, like at the gym, where he, Connor's like, he's a little cholo gangster from the hood. Yeah, it's like yeah. he he makes, makes gun sign, or gun signs with the left hand and animal balloons with the right hand. Yeah. He's like, 
You're a real credit to your community, Nate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just like some great gems right yeah. there, right? So you, it's it's a short lead up, but and people... Nate's, Nate's just like, fuck you. Yeah. He said, fuck you, <laughs> fuck your belt. I don't give a fuck, motherfucker. <laughs> I remember just, they would literally just bleep out everything yeah. he said. Yeah. Um, this pay-per-view would sell $1.5 million, by the way. Buys. Yeah. Which or, is, sorry. Which turns into $1.5 million. Buys. Lots of lots of dollars. Yeah, it's lots of dollars. Um, sold very well. One of the best. And it's crazy because if you look at it, literally in two weeks, they got that many buys. Yeah. Imagine I mean, if they had a whole. If I, I wonder saw, how but, much of a difference it was that Nate Diaz was here and not RDA. I do wonder what RDA would have done. Because it was still for the second bell. Yeah. And Nate, even though the rematch was definitely sold on both of their star power. Yeah. Nate. What this fight was, what kind of gave Nate that push. Yeah. Before we talk about that fight, I want to talk about what else was on this card. <laughs> Fuck it, man. Just doing it. The headliner of the fight past prelims, Diego Sanchez getting a unanimous decision win over Jim Miller. The nightmare. Darren Elkins was on the prelims. The damage. Eric Silva got Ooh. knocked out on the prelims. <laughs> the headliner of the prelims, CR. Batterzada, nice. Getting a arm triangle submission over Brandon Thatch. Wow. And then our Brandon main... Thatch mentioned twice on the Conor McGregor episode. Yep. <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> our main card started with Amanda Nunes getting a unanimous decision win over Valentina Shevchenko in her Tar- first fight. Yeah, that would uh, earn her the title shot, yeah. I believe. Then you had Corey Anderson getting a unanimous decision win over Tom Lawler. Yep. Alir Latifi getting a unanimous decision win over Jean Vellante. And then the co-main, Misha Tate mm-hmm. with the rear naked choke submission over Holly Holm. Shocked the world after Holly had shocked the world. And yeah, Holly was winning that fight yeah. and uh, put her to sleep with the rear naked in the fifth. And this is one of the, I think, two instances ever that the UFC have put a title fight below a, a non-title, non-title fight. fight. Yeah. So you get Nate Diaz, Conor McGregor. Um, talk about this fight. Well, talk about what happens in this fight. Connor comes out early, guns a blazing, as we see him do so often. Mm-hmm. Nate weathers the storm, but does take a uh, barrage of shots. Now, the finish comes in the second, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, right? it does. So it comes out again. Connor begins to tire. You see, this is where kind of that, I don't want to call it like a myth, but we talked about this on the preview, where Connor's cardio has been in question ever since this day. And uh, all of a sudden shoots for a takedown because he's so tired. Nate starts landing on the feet. I guess that's what caused Connor to go for the takedown. And then, and as Nate so infamously said afterward, oh, so you're a wrestler now. <laughs> Nate stuffs the takedown, transitions right to full mount, starts landing punches on Connor. Connor turns, gives his back. Nate locks in the rear naked and shocks the world. And Joe Rogan <laughs> gets on... You know, goes to interview Nate post-fight. He goes, Nate, you just shocked the world. I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. Enter the needle mover, Nate Diaz, <laughs> right there. He's a needle mover. Yeah, yeah, just like that. So then, six months later. Connor wants well, to Well, I guess, really, UFC 200 was supposed to be headlined by the rematch between Conor McGregor that and Nate true. Diaz. Um, actually, I think that was the original headliner, and then that got taken off because Connor no showed a press conference, yep, yep. and I believe that's when Daniel Cormier, John Jones got put in there. Yep. 
And then John Jones tested positive the day before the event, and then Daniel Cormier fought Anderson Silva, mm-hmm. and then Amanda Nunes, Misha Tate headlined the card. Yeah. Weird stuff, but um, I believe the when they were supposed to fight at two hundred, is that when the water bottles or the gate or the no monsters, this that actually happened that was two hundred two okay. yeah yeah so they were that the rematch is looking like it's good. they're trying to book it immediately because of how big that yeah you know people want keep that the momentum and it made sense I know Nate beat Connor decisively but at that time I think it was warranted to have a rematch because Connor. Was it was fighting out of his weight? At mm-hmm. least it looked like at the time. Nate only having two weeks to prep. Like and it, Connor, Connor wanted to get this rematch, and he said, "I have to do it at one seventy. I yeah. lost at one seventy. I have to win it at one seventy. Yeah, I do respect that. So then UFC two hundred two, <laughs> the press conference. Yeah, the water. Nate. <laughs> one of I'm not, shows up late. Or shows Connor up, showed. One of them showed up. Nate, late. I think they always I think Connor late. shows up late, but because Connor showed up late, Nate, Nate left like, early. Nate left early. Yeah, yeah. But then Nate comes walking back in through like the back. Yeah. And he's just like got his whole posse with him and they're flipping off McGregor. And then Connor, Connor starts throwing water yeeting bottles. water bottles and monster and De- Connor. Connor <laughs> One of the hardest I've ever laughed. He's like, Connor, Connor, Connor. <laughs> That's it. That's done. We're done. We're done. <laughs> and He's just yeeting these fucking full bottles yeah. into the crowd. Um, then they both had to pay fines for that. Yes. Because there's live audience there. Could have right. injured somebody with a bottle of water. You know. So, fun fact. hands a monster fun, that are empty. Fun <laughs> fact about this fight, this rematch at 202. This one is near and dear to our hearts. Yeah. It's the first pay-per-view. We're old. We've ever watched at a B-Dubs. Which, to most people, would be like, all right, get a room. But specifically... <laughs> In Bowling Green. Well, it's more so just before pre-pandemic, going yeah. to B-Dubs was a monthly that thing is for true. us to watch pay-per-views. That's true. That started the tradition. Yeah. So that was like the first, and it was our first month of college or yeah. whatnot, you know, so. Youngins. It, hold, we hold a special place. You know, because the, the very next pay-per-view was in Cleveland that yeah, we, that we attended, went to. So. so we're there for this one. So full house. Less surprises, I guess. That I'm going to tell you here of what happened on this card. Maybe some will. Our very first fight on the fight past prelims: Marvin Vittori getting a guillotine choke submission. The Italian dream. Right after that, Colby Covington TKOing Max Griffin. And you headline the fight past prelims with Lorenz Larkin getting a TKO over Neil Magny. Now to the actual prelims. Courtney Casey getting an armbar submission over Random Marcos. Artem Lobov getting a unanimous decision win. And Connor's one of training partners yep. of Connor, I should say. Raquel Pennington getting a unanimous decision win. Headliner of the prelims, Mr. Cody Garbrandt. Look at him. TKOing Takeya Mizugaki. The evolution. And actually, that would be the fight that. I earned him a title shot. <laughs> which is crazy because it was on the prelims. Yeah. Our main card. Now, I remember one. Very, very good. <laughs> Tim Means getting a TKO over Saba Hamasi. Mike Perry getting a TKO over Hyun Gyu Lim. Donald Cerrone getting a head kick TKO over Rick Story. Wow, that was on that. Anthony Johnson. Yeah. With the 13-second knockout of Glover Teixeira. One punch, uppercut. He said, anything you can do, Connor, I can do better. Yep. And then Conor McGregor and Nate Diaz have one of the best fights of all time. Yes. 
It's a five-round war. It's the definition of war. It's on our list, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's the definition of a war. Conor McGregor edges out a majority decision. One of the judges had it a draw. Had it a draw. The other two had it for Conor. I thought when we were there that night, did we just say it should be a draw? We said it should be a draw. I went back and rewatched it this summer. We both agree. I think Conor won three rounds of two, clearly. Uh, Well, so I guess the thing about this fight was the naysayer said Conor has no cardio Mm. because he got tired in the first fight. But he wins the fifth round. He won the fifth round. Yeah. And yeah, he did tire out and it was like third, fourth. He tired in the third. Was tired halfway through the fourth, then had like a resurgence at the end of the fourth, and then the fifth, like we mm. said, he won. Yeah. And he redeems himself. So now the question is, are do you, you have to do the trilogy, right? Yeah. Wrong. Yeah, now here we are. <laughs> because he's back on track. <laughs> Nate Diaz was, was mostly, it, it, at this point, it looked like Nate Diaz was simply a like stepping a, stone. a stepping stone. And it was like, okay, he lost the first time. Well, we got to redeem it in order to make sense for him to go up to lightweight and become a two weight or in this case go down <laughs> or yeah i guess so <laughs> but become yeah. a two weight division champion yeah you know so now ufc 205 it's the first the event at madison square garden it was the first event the ufc had in new york and like it had just become legal in the state i want to say 20 plus years um, because it was illegalized back in the 90s. We talked about that with UFC 1, I think. Mm-hmm. Or maybe we talked about it in a different episode. But The badass promos, three title fights. UFC 205 at Madison Square Live Garden. Live and Yoel, the nasty flying knee. Ugh. Bloodbath in the octagon. Some other fights on this card. Liz Carmouche defeated Caitlin Chikagian. Jim Miller defeated Tiago Alves. Those were both on the fight pass prelims. Vicente Luque knocked out Bilal Muhammad. Tim Bosch TKO'd Rafael Natal. Habib Nurmagomedov. Michael Johnson. Got the Kimura over Michael Johnson. And the infamous speech. (laughs) Yeah, so Habib kind of planting the seeds for him and Connors. He's doing his own little Nate Diaz part. Blood rivalry at this point. He says, UFC, I want your chicken. He said, I want to fight Irish. Only six million. Russia, one hundred fifty million. Everybody's booing him. Everybody's booing him. The Eagle. Little did they know they'd have to bow down. And I'm pretty sure when we were watching that the night, we we're like, "What's this dude even talking about? Like, who's this?" <laughs> it guy? was random for him to call out. Conor. Yeah, like it just seemed like it came out of nowhere. It but made that, at sense. At that time, that well, fight with him and Michael Johnson was essentially a number one contender. Fight well, you have to realize what really led into, like people like uh, you know, for me, I should say, not you. You were definitely like a hardcore fan at that point i was still i was hardcore into it but i didn't have hardcore knowledge about it Mm -hmm. that's a good way to put it dana basically used habib as like a as a as a negotiation tool in order to get connor to sign on for this fight because he kept telling the media no it's habib versus eddie that's the fight that's gonna happen yeah all of a sudden connor steps in habib finds out i believe over social media and then that's where the hatred started and then he's matched on the prelims after he was supposed to headline yeah with michael johnson so you can see why he might be a little bit bitter yeah because before that they had pictures together habib and connor yeah he was a fan he's like you were a fanboy. yeah it's crazy it really is we'll talk Uh, about those two again headlining the prelims was frankie edgar beating jeremy stevens main card raquel pennington beating misha tate 
you know, we know these. Yo Romero yeah. splitting Ugh. open Weidman's head with the. It looked like a WWE freaking bloodbath. Then you it? get the three title fights: Joanna Janczyk over Karolina Kovalkiewicz. That was a good fight. A good fight, and then fight of the night. Oh yeah. Tyron Woodley, Stephen Thompson fight to a draw. Tyron Woodley nearly knocks Thompson's head off in like the third round. Nearly finishes him like three times. Thompson stays alive. One of the few title fights you ever see. I mean, Thompson draw, won one more rounds, but he just had he got ten eight. Yeah, yeah. And main event, the Conor best McGregor of his career versus Eddie Alvarez. I mean, if you want to look at that press conference in the lead up, oh my gosh, Jeremy Stevens, poor guy, poor guy. They say, question asked to Connor, which person on stage would give you the toughest fight? Connor's looking around, probably trying to think of what smart ass thing he's going to yeah, say. Yeah. Jeremy, uh, Jeremy should not have. Jeremy goes, Me. I'm the hardest hitting 145 pounder. pounder in this whole division. He goes, When he hits people, he TKOs, he TKOs people. When I hit people, they don't even fucking move. And then Connor says those words. Connor looks up to the left, looks back to the audience, and says, Who the fuck is that guy? <laughs> and the audience exploded. And, and Jeremy. Jeremy tried to just be like, You know who I am. But you could tell. But it's like, like <laughs> it's it's overridden by the crowd noise and laughing. You could tell that they're just like, oh, Everybody, all the fighters on stage, dying, laughing. It was, yeah. So, yeah, he. <laughs> There was a murder. That was a 10 7 <laughs> yeah. for Connor. Yeah. Um, there were some other good gems on there. I love when they the people asking questions were supposed to be just press. And then a guy comes oh, on the there. one that battered Eddie. Eddie, he yeah. goes, Eddie, you talked about Connor's ability to go five rounds. When you've only went five rounds three times in your career and lost two of them, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? And. The guy didn't hear him, or Eddie didn't hear him, and he goes, wait, what did you say? What did you say? And he asks again. Connor goes, he said, why are you talking shit? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so it was pretty funny stuff. I remember watching it. It was like we'd get sundial, and we'd yeah. just prop the phone up on yeah. the, uh, the napkin sun. holder, just watch the press conference. If you know, you know. Yeah, if you know, you know. So it's the best performance of Connor's career. I mean, yes, the Jose knockout. But the, this was historical. I mean, this was a complete one-sided beatdown. Yeah, for a round and a half. And then he got... So calculated. I shouldn't even say a beatdown. You know, it was just so calculated. Eddie just, never... Eddie was never in the fight. No. The precision, the power. Another guy, too, probably beat before he got in. The yeah, honestly. You know, and I, I remember thinking, sitting there, I was like, going in the fight. I'm like, I think Eddie might win this fight. I'm like... He, he didn't seem like he was phased. The, uh, the underground king, yeah. too. You know, you know it's just a guy that, like, came so, from nothing. Yeah, so raw, so mm-hmm. just. I was like, there's no way that, like, this this trash talk's really going to, like, break a guy like that. Yeah. I don't even know if it was a trash talk. I mean, that, that performance speaks for itself. Yeah, it was... Just complete, calculated affair and. Yeah, two belts. What a way to cap it off, right? The first ever. Two weight simultaneous champion in the UFC. I want to take and this moment. Champion. I want to take this moment to apologize. Absolutely nobody. <laughs> the champ champ does whatever the fuck he wants. It was fantastic. Crowd's apologies crazy. for the shitty accent, by the way. Eh. We're just we're just you know we're having a trip down memory lane here at this. Connor, point. if you want to help us with the accent, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So two hundred five. I mean, at that moment, we knew that like Connor. 
is bigger than the sport. Yeah. That was and and literally actually it came and came I to mean be. that that basically is I'm not just saying that in hindsight I think at that time it was very clear that he it felt like the UFC needed him more than he needed the UFC this pay per view sold 1.3 million uh, the the Nate Diaz rematch 1.65 million buys um, he I believe out at by this point only like five or six pay-per-views have sold over a million and he was on all but one UFC 100 I think so it was very clear you know his his star influence his star power you know I mean he he said without me this whole ship sinks." (laughs) yeah and I you know he he wasn't wrong too and that was in regard to the company being sold and the company had just been sold prior to 205 funny enough so and here's where we get to kind of a weird part in his career right because after this, um, you know, he's got two belts, right? So, and, and he all of a sudden stops fighting in MMA. <laughs> and there were challengers waiting for him in both divisions. You know, Max Holloway, oh. Jose Aldo at featherweight. Habib. And, yeah, and then you got Habib. Anthony Pettis is still around at lightweight. You know, Cowboy Cerrone's still around. RDA is still around. Yeah, the fight that never yeah. I mean, came. You know? it, all these fights are there. You said that? He said, I'm going to go box Floyd Mayweather. You guys you guys cool chilling for a little bit? Dana said, yeah, sure. <laughs> so the fight that I remember seeing, like, people, I, I thought this fight would never happen. I was like, there's no way. Yeah, even when the talk started I just, that year. I just felt like, I was like, this is all for publicity. Right? Yeah. I'm like, this ain't really going to happen. Yeah. Mm. And I and now like it's much more believable. Like these last few years, and really just recently, you know, you got the Mayweather, Logan Paul, the uh, Mike Tyson, Roy Jones, and the co-main Jake Paul, and now Jake Paul's been confirmed to box Ben Askren here soon. That's a story for another time. But (laughs) it's it's much more believable for something like this to happen now. But at this time, I mean, you just didn't see this kind of stuff. Yeah, you know, boxing took the. They, you know, we, the 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 closest things we had to crossovers was like James Tony coming from boxing, and he got smashed by Randy Couture. CM Punk coming oh. from the WWE, getting smashed by Mickey Gall. Fun fact: we witnessed that debut. Yes, we did, and then got smashed by Mike Jackson. So, not a lot of crossovers here. But Connor's going to boxing to fight maybe the best boxer in history, and yeah. World Tour. He hadn't defended his featherweight belt since he won it. Well, he'd never defended it. I mean, UFC 194 is the event he won it. UFC 205 is when he became double champ. That's 11 months. Yeah. And I believe he wouldn't be stripped until UFC 212. Yeah, UFC 200, we got an interim champion. Jose beat Mm -hmm. uh, Frankie to get the interim belt. So he just had an interim champ and a undisputed. Well, maybe it was uh, around two oh six then, because when he vacated, yeah, because he must they must have stripped him or vacate he vacated right after two oh five. Yeah, I'm trying because, to remember it was whenever, because two oh six was headlined by an interim featherweight bout between Max Holloway and Anthony Pettis, right? So they must have made Jose re, re- Jose just got the belt back. Then. Yeah, yeah, that's what happened. So it was about a year without defending. Jose's reinstated as champion, but really nobody looks at him as like the champion um however max holloway beats anthony pettis 
to earn his shot, and they would fight at UFC 212. Max Holloway would win. And this then, is when Max Holloway's starching yeah. everybody. Well, at lightweight, you kind of you get a the closest thing you get to like a direction is UFC 216. You get an interim lightweight title fight between Tony Ferguson and Kevin Lee. Yep, yep. Tony Ferguson getting a big win there. It was that long ago. Um, again, he won the belt at 205. That's almost that's 11 months later. Connor goes on to box Floyd Mayweather. August of 2017. Yep. And he looks good. He puts on a better fight than I rounds. think most people would have thought. Yeah. But at the end of the day, he was going up. He is a guy who's never had a professional boxing fight going up against one of the best boxers of all time. He 49-0 and 0 at the time turned out to be 50 and he, 0 after this. He lost. Tenth round TKO. I think it was tenth round TKO, yeah. And he, he never went down. That's true. Which That's true. will be a point maybe for later. Yeah. He he was out on his feet, basically. Um, and uh, and after um, that, you know, there was a lot of questions. Is Connor ever going to fight him? They said, what, he made $100 million off that fight? Yeah, so it's like, why would he fight MMA again? You know, there was talks about maybe a, a Manny Pacquiao fight, mm-hmm. which is still hard so to this still day. Still hard to this day. Um, a rematch with Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> Just, you know, stuff yeah. that's like, it's like, okay, this is where I think the biggest, this is the biggest turning point. UFC 205 was a huge moment where it felt like Connor's that fandom. Fame, the-, the fandom, I think, was at its all-time most positive. Mm-hmm. But then after this lead-up to the Floyd fight and after the Floyd fight is where you see the big amount of detractors, yeah. the people that don't like It's them. almost like, okay, did the money play a factor? The, yeah. the fandom. Getting and, all this thrown on you at such a young age. and Well, you have these... You got a guy with two belts. He's holding up multiple divisions. Um, going to box. You he know. has the UFC in the palm of his hand. Yeah, and I think a lot of people didn't like that. And... We didn't like that. I was kind of getting tired of him. I was like, I hope I just want him like to just move on. If you're not going to fight, don't fight. You know, just give us a direction, right? Give us an answer. Well, he kind of for a while it looks like he's just. I mean, it was two years before he came back. But in April of 2018, there was a thing about a bus. <laughs> the lead up to UFC 223. Brooklyn, Which New was going to see our first undisputed, undisputed champion, champion since him. He was being stripped. And it was going to be originally between Tony Ferguson, who was the interim champ, and Habib Nurmagomedov. That would have been the fourth time that fight was yeah. scheduled. Uh, Tony. Tripped over a cable. Tripped over a cable. Uh, completely blew his knee. Yeah. So then they inserted Max, Max Holloway. Holloway. Mm. Who was the featherweight champion. Coming up. And then he had to drop out of the fight. Yeah, the commission said he couldn't safely make the weight. Then, so then we're left with two days out from the event. Then it was Anthony Pettis. Pettis wanted more money. Paul Felder Paul wasn't Felder ranked tie enough. Wasn't ranked tie enough. Which is funny to think about now. So then you end up with Ally Quinta. Number nine ranked Ray Janelle, yep. the real estate agent. <laughs> yep. Um, the hometown guy. You yeah. Know, New York. Yep, true. And Habib Smash. But, but <laughs> Al went five rounds with the beat. He did. I will let's say. talk about the bus. Oh, yeah. I guess I got ahead of myself. Yeah, I brought yeah. up the bus. Talk the bus. The fighters are on a bus going to pre-fight presser or I, media day, I think. Were they leaving? Like or leaving them? media day. And the bus is just chilling in the parking garage. And all of a sudden, this big uh, gang of people charged the bus that Habib is on. <laughs> led by none other than... 
the notorious <laughs> Conor McGregor. I remember being in our dorm room as this shit's like happening. Yeah. And we're just like the internet broke this day. And I'll let you continue because I want to talk about where our minds were at at this point, what we thought. But continue. Connor has a dolly. Now dollies are used to move large boxes, refrigerators. You know, right. make it easier. Yeah. Well, he picked up the dolly, <laughs> charged at the bus, and threw it through the window. That's of the bus. And that's not what a dolly is meant to be used for, correct? No, dollies are meant to be nice, not mean. <laughs> this dolly. Thrown by Connor, took two, three, four fights off of the yeah, fight card. I mean, night, including he, gashes to Ray Borg's eye that required surgery. Kiesa had Kiesa a, cut had, in think, the face. Yep, and then Rose's won. mental health was in shambles after this. Even fight. though she did still fight. Yes, true. And won. And won, but nevertheless. <laughs> yeah, there was. She it, was very compromised. Yes, but she's just on another level for the foreseeable future. Yes, she just thug Rose. Yeah. Thug Rose. Um, but yeah, he threw a dolly through a window. So he flees. And Habib. <laughs> Habib's trying to get off the bus. And they won't let him. They won't let him. Thank God. Oh yeah, then they flee the arena. They flee the arena. Artem Lobov, by the way, in that gang, was scheduled to fight that night and never fought in the UFC again after partaking in those. Yeah. And that makes sense. Yeah. And now he's at Bare Knuckle FC. Yeah. So. So. You're like, Connor's oh. arrested. Well, at first, okay, I actually, before he's arrested, I mean... I think when we first hear about it, it's he's fleed the scene and there's a warrant out for his arrest. Yeah, Dana was Dana has never been so mad. I don't think ever. Before. And I remember you specifically going, Conor McGregor will never fight again. Yeah, I thought that was it. I thought that was it. And of course, there were especially people, after all that Dana had done to help get him that yeah. Mayweather fight, and then he does this. Yeah, and truth be told, I mean. There was a lot of people online talking. Come on, guys. Do you really think that Connor and his team were able to just sneak by? They're like, really think about it. All those cameras just so happened to be there filming them as they show up. Conspiracy guys, right? So they start saying that this was all part of the plan. And even Michael Kies, I believe, had a lawsuit for a while with the UFC where he said that. Well, and against Connor. Yeah, and he said that it was planned by the UFC, I believe. So, look, do I think that? No, I feel like there's too much. There's too much to risk That's, there for yeah. a fight that would have been a huge. company would never do for that. a fight that would have been huge no matter what. Yeah. And I guess to be fair to Connor, we should say why he did this. Oh, that is true. Uh, Habib, Habib in the gang. Artem Lobov essentially called Habib a chicken. I think, which for us Americans. We go, well, okay. Them's are fighting words. In Russia, that's apparently like word. That's like worse. I mean, Habib called Connor. It's chicken, one of yeah. the worst insults you can be called. So I think I don't think Artem called him a chicken, but I think it was implied. He basically was like, "Oh, he he called Connor a chicken." Well, Connor's never pulled out of a fight. So yeah. who's the real chicken? Kind yeah. Of thing. So basically, they Habib kind of yeah, Habib and the gang, Habib and probably like Umar and yeah. all the boys. I don't know, just a few of the lads. DC, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I'm just kidding. They, they surround Artem and Habib does like the the Godfather like yeah. Godfather Pat, and he's you know it's like he's like a talk now. Yeah, shaking him down a little bit. Apparently, Connor and the squad saw that and immediately got on a jet and flew yeah. from Ireland to Brooklyn, New yep. York. 
And that's where, and that's where Dolly yeah. stuff happens. Um, Connor flees the scene. You believe there's no chance he ever fights again. I'm just like, what the fuck is happening? And instead of him never fighting again, <laughs> it led to the biggest pay-per-view in <laughs> he, UFC history. Instead of never fighting again, he gets arrested. Yeah. But out on bail. Yeah. I believe he gets some sort of parole. Yeah. Has to take anger management yeah, or something. You know, all just, that. You know. all, you know, I'm sure it was so hard for him. Yeah. And what was so, you know, the day of just utter disbelief and just nastiness for the UFC. Let's use it for a promo package, huh? And six months after this this incident. October of 2018. Connor would fight, fight again. Yep. And it would be the headline for the lightweight belt against Habib Nurmagomedov. UFC 229. The highest selling. 2.4? Yeah, sounds right 2. to 4 me. 2.4 million pay-per-view buys. Not even been close So anything else. six months, <laughs> Habib beats Al Iquina. Oh, yeah, Habib. And this was his first title defense. And not a lot of people were very happy with, and including us. We did not, we weren't, we wanted to see Habib and Tony. Yeah. But Tony was supposed to be out for like a year with his injury. Yeah. Well, guess who co-mained this card? Tony Six months after tearing his fucking knee to shreds. His ACL, MCL, all the PCL, yeah, HDMI, and dominates <laughs> in the process too in that fight. Anthony Pettis, yeah. So, yeah, um, interesting lead up to this one, right? These are when the press conferences become a little less fun. It gets too personal. Connor's a bit drunk, I would say, at the press conference. This is when a lot of things were. Being said you about know, Connor. this is Connor, Connor, Connor had debuted his whiskey proper twelve, and it was a huge seller. Obviously, became a sponsor of the pay per view. Yep. Um, but like in one of his unveilings of the whiskey at a bar, he took a left hand, well, punched an old man and square in well, the that face. Was, that was after the Habib fight, was it? Yeah, I did not know that. Yeah, that was during his second hiatus. Yeah. So. But, Still. That did happen, but, okay, so going into this fight, Connor's just so, he seems so bitter, so just, angry. Yeah, and he had, he's a, he kind of attacks. This wasn't the normal yeah, trash talk. this wasn't the normal Connor. trash talk. This was, you know. Very personal, religion, it was, family. Yeah, talking about religion, family. Things you just shouldn't. You know, he's like, about. he's pouring himself whiskey. He goes, uh, come on. He's like, it's shit on the bus's birthday. Why don't you yeah. drink? Yeah. Why don't you drink? And... It was Habib's, uncomfortable. Yeah, it's, it's uncomfortable. And this is where, like, the press conferences just aren't as fun. Yeah, yeah. So you get this fight. And it's still a huge fight, though. Like, everybody's still oh, yeah. stoked for it, obviously. It I think we had... Was that a, we had like eight, my apartment? Yeah, there was a few guys. We that had, came. like, eight different restaurants that delivered pizza. <laughs> yes, to that's the apartment. true. That was fun. Um, and we see a pretty one-sided fight, I would say. Yeah. Connor did technically become the first man to win a round over Habib on yeah. scorecards in the third round, but it was... Habib smash. Yeah, Habib And in the fourth, tires out Connor, drags him, and chokes him out. And then... Oh, yeah. The entire arena gets into a fight. No, <laughs> And then Habib throws his mouthpiece. And soars like an eagle. He... <laughs> through the sky. That's why he's called the eagle. He hops over to Cage. The security try to grab him. They can't. He tries to... He literally tries to drop kick. Yes, drop kick um, Dylan Danis. Dylan Danis, who is McGregor's jiu-jitsu coach. Yeah. And then a f- brawl breaks out while... Connor's in the octagon like, <laughs> what the fuck? 
He's still then, getting his wits about him. And uh, then Habib's boys, Habib jumps out of the one octagon. Of, one Habib's of which, guys jump I into the one octagon. of them was uh, Umar. Well, I was going to say Islam Makhachev. He would have been one of them. I, I think believe he, he got suspended for a year after this. Was Zubaira? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. There are about a lot of them. But two guys jump in and just start socking McGregor yeah. in the face. Yeah. Um, madness. There's some Dana. I've never seen him more sad. No, and this was, was a record-setting night. Yeah. He said the governor was here. Yeah. <laughs> said the governor had to run out of the building. Yeah. Not a good look. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I just the, the, I just belt, have images, the ceremony never happened. I just have never. I just have images of like the governor running out of the <laughs> like something you see in White House down. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, so. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. That was a bad, bad year for the UFC, but great at the same time. Yeah, and so Connor, another uh, so a down point here, right? Yeah, kind we of get another here. hiatus out of this. Another hiatus. Um, just a lot up in the air, you know. He just does. You don't hear like you. He was more quiet during this hiatus. You know, the, some accusations start coming about, yeah. and then you have him punching the old man in the face. So it's just kind of like, okay, is this guy like spiraling right now? Maybe he's done. He seems bitter he on Twitter, help. like the way he, some of the things he's tweeting, like talking about the fights and things. he just seems real bitter. Um, some real personal shots at guys like Khabib and uh, Gaethje, even like some real personal, just ugh. yeah, not a great look. And somewhere it just kind of flips. Yeah. Because he went from UFC 229. You know, I'm going with the family and the children. To, to UFC 246, where he would fight Cowboy Cerrone. That's 17 months, basically. Yeah. A year, over a year. Somewhere midway through, and really it's when they announced him and Cerrone. Cowboy had a huge win. I want to say. Cowboy was on a tear. I want to say it was against Ally Quinta. And Dominated him in a five-round. I think round that was the fight. Main where, event. I think that was the fight. He won that, and I believe Connor said, like, congratulations, I will fight you now. Yeah, yeah. And Connor in the whole lead-up to this fight, though, super respectful. This was Complete a new 180. Connor. Yeah. And we're going to attribute that to the family yeah. aspect. You know, he had kids at this point. Uh, and we've seen it even more now, like in 2021. I really think he has done away with the bitterness, the nastiness. Now, if him and Habib were to ever lock it up again, I think it would get ugly, but not yeah. like it ever was. Well, Habib said, I will humble him. Yeah. And so, humble him, he did. Um, yeah, I'm going to attribute it to family. Maybe just, and two, maybe just a break from all the shit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, his kids now, two children, one on the way. But regardless, now he's all of a sudden going to fight Donald Cerrone, and it's going to be at 170 pounds. Yeah. And he walks in to start his season, yeah, so-called, in 2020. This was now. the start of 2020. Um, and starches Donald Cerrone. 46 seconds? Absolutely just demolished him. And uh, from there on said he wanted to fight three more times in 2020 and start a season and work his way back to the title. Unfortunately, COVID makes its way into the United States and all throughout the world. Everything gets shut down in March, and we never see Conor McGregor again. Uh, in all of 2020, remains quiet, remains, you know, shouting, calling out people on Twitter when fights get back in May, the Gaethje's, mm-hmm. the Ferguson's, all that fun stuff, but we never see him again in 2020. Near the end of 2020, all of a sudden, he tweets at Dustin Poirier, says, hey, how about uh, you and me, this was after Dustin beat 
Hooker in June. Hooker. So this is like September, October of 2020 because the fight got announced in November. He goes, hey, let's do a, a charity fight in uh, Dublin, exhibition. All the money goes to charity. The Good Fight Foundation and Connors Charities in Ireland. And I'm like, huh? Wait a second. I mean, I'm down. Yeah. Me, I want, I'm in. Sign me up. Yeah, and I'm pessimistic. Yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely yeah. was like, this fight won't happen. But uh, it took this out of McGregor and Poirier for the UFC to say, all right, let's yeah, make they, this fight. They didn't seem to, the UFC kind of, like, it seemed like McGregor and Poirier kind of had the force to get. Yeah, because Poirier was kind of in a weird spot with the Poirier UFC. Poirier was in a spot where he was, you know, turning down fights because he wasn't getting paid enough. He was supposed to fight Ferguson. Yeah. Rumored he was supposed to or was offered Chandler, but was wanting more money. Right. UFC was not agreeing to that. Then Dustin's calling, or Connor calls out Dustin and says, hey, I, I didn't get any fights either. This is after Connor releases text messages from him and Dana <laughs> saying he wants to fight Diego, and Dana's like, we should not get a promoter's <laughs> license if we make that fight and all this. So Dana's yeah. mad at Connor again. A lot of shit. Right. So it's... For the most part, Connor's out of the limelight in 2020, but he's always there. Yeah. He's always there. He, he just kind of pops up, right? And but it leads us to where we are today. It really does, because basically UFC booked the event after Connor at first says, we'll do a charity boxing fight and all this stuff, and yeah. it's like, that ain't going to happen. But the UFC's like, all right, fine. Let's do it. Yeah. In a fight that actually made sense, though. A big yeah. fight. So it was the first pay-per-view of 2021. Obviously, we. It just yeah, there's only so much we can say about this. Yeah, one, I mean, it's where we are now. Yeah, and Connor in the lead up, very respectful mm-hmm. again. Um, you Makes know, a five hundred thousand dollar donation to the Good Fight Foundation. It, everything's very respectful, but also it's very competitive too in mm-hmm. the lead up. You can tell they're like it's these guys intense. are both very confident. Mm-hmm. But it's like it's like a there's like a it, they're very nice to each other, but it does feel still intense. At the there's same time. just an aura around yeah. Conor McGregor fight True. week and fight night. That you and just Connor can't looked super loose. Yeah, Dustin looks a little looked amazing. Dustin looked a little shaky, a little nervous. Fight night happens though, and Connor had his moments early, but good first round. Yeah, good first round. I thought he won the first round, but I mean, it, it, he only hurt Dustin with like the one punch. Yeah. Second round happens. Dustin continues with the leg kicks, the calf kicks that completely neutralized Connor's leg, completely neutralized his movement, where he couldn't back out of. Uh, Dustin shots near as fast, and, and Dustin became the first man to ever KO TKO, and mm-hmm. we stand by a knockout. Yeah, Conor McGregor in the uh, professional MMA. Yeah, in the second round. Um, so what a moment for Dustin! But that leads us to yeah. where we are now. So this is this is coming <laughs> off of our recap Monday. I'm yeah, please. And it's stop. like, okay, what do we do with Conor here? Right um, now. What a lead up, by the way. I just want to say we just went on a we went on a deep tear right dive, there. huh? Yeah. Um, if you're still listening, or if you had to take a couple breaks, we appreciate you. We appreciate this, you sticking this, with us. No, no script on these. We I mean, I mean, come on. How can you? You can't skip past a lot of that, though. And uh, so here we are. And let's get the let's get this out of the way. We both agree that the next fight should be uh, Connor and Nate three. There's no. There's never been a better time to do the trilogy. Connor's coming off of a loss. He's on technically two losses in a row at lightweight. Mm-hmm. There's a win in between, but it was at welterweight against Cerrone. Diaz uh, also coming off a loss 
at welterweight for the BMF title to Jorge, but before that had won against Pettis. Now, was that fight with him and Pettis at lightweight or welterweight? I cannot remember. But When Nate beat Pettis. That was, was that welterweight? welterweight okay. I think. So Nate's not been at uh, lightweight in a while either, but it is by far and away both of their natural best weight classes for performance. And uh, that this is the fight we need. We th- th- we're talking. We talked about this on Monday. It's been almost five years since that second fight between Connor and Nate happened, which is mind blowing to me. We're really just getting old here, Noah, sitting in the studio. But uh, now is the time, Connor. Is now ranked six. The rankings came out today. We record these on Tuesdays. He moved back to number six. Nate is not ranked. Um, it's a trilogy. It's one to one. I think it needs to happen at 155 pounds. And whatever happens after that, that's for another, you know, episode. But what's next? Immediately, it's it's trilogy for me. Mm-hmm. But there's some I'm, some rumblings. Well, I'll let you well, go. Yeah. On so I, I agree. Um, I think we need to get more into like the also the the context as oh, his there's, career. There's more. Well, no, no, no. Hold on. I'm not. I think it's good to talk about okay. what's next. I mean, that's what we're doing. But more into like why is it Nate Diaz? You know? Right. So specifically, there's more to it than just the trilogy aspect. It's if you want to go by rankings, which we do a lot. Connor should be fighting a guy like Rafael dos Anjos, or <laughs> which is a fight. Years to make Tony as well. Ferguson or I do Dan, that. Dan Hooker or right. someone like that. Yeah, it's almost like okay, Hooker and Connor both lost main and co main. We should do them. You the know? the problem is that Connor yeah, has put we, himself in a position where he is bigger than the sport, right? So he cannot be. We talked about this forever. a co main event. Yeah, he he can't, Connor cannot be anything but a main event of a pay per view. Right. We're not saying a main event on a fight night. He'll never touch a fight night again, ever. He cannot be anything but a main event of a pay-per-view. And part and of that's me thinks, a problem. And, now, and this is kind of where we get into, like, where do we think he is now, right? So, truthfully, do you ever see, foresee Conor McGregor fighting for a belt again? That's a tough question, man. It's a tough question, I know. So, Ariel asked the same question to DC... And he kind of reacted the same way I just did. But it's like, I don't know. I don't know. And, it, and the inactivity doesn't help. That's yeah. why we need activity this year out of Connor. Right. We do need that. But it's like, okay. Say we do get Connor Nate. It'll be a main event. It'll be a pay-per-view, obviously. Trilogy's huge. That's just the fight that makes the most sense. But let's say Connor does beat Nate. Nate's unranked. Yeah, so technically. T- so you got to just think, though, from a rankings and title picture perspective, what does it actually do for Connor mm-hmm. to get to a title? Because in my eyes, well, you got to win one more. You have to beat someone else to get to the title shot. And, you, and you're looking at the division now. Chandler just debuted in a big way. Now he's ranked fourth, just like that. We've got Oliveira. We've got Gaethje. Ferguson, technically still top five. So if we're talking from a competitive should Connor try and get his way back to a title? Probably shouldn't fight Nate Diaz. But then it's like, okay, but if we do Connor and Tony, let's say, can we make that a pay per view headliner without a belt? That do you guys see where the yeah. issue is here? You know? It's like truthfully, I could see there being a time. Now this would be Connor losing multiple, multiple more time. I could see him being a co main. 
I could. Can you? Really? I, I really think he could. I mean, if Nate Diaz can co-main, I still think Jorge Masvidal can co-main. I know he's a bigger star than those two. But again, what got him to be this star in the first place? It all started with his ability to fight. And winning. And winning and the way he spoke. Well, he's already stopped talking shit. There, there are, like, if you were to get Nate again, we would see some yeah. resurgence of the old, I'm but sure. I get what you're saying. Most of, the only other fight I see in this lightweight division that would get a little, that shit talk, would mm-hmm. be Connor and Justin Gaethje. I don't yeah. think they like each other very much. Outside of them, there's yeah. not, you know, anyway. So, the reason why Nate Diaz fight makes the most sense to me is because Truthfully, I thought the fight with Dustin like I don't think Con- I don't think it was like a sign that Connor's lost a step or no. You know, time will tell cuz it's the chin, you know, he did get knocked out first time yeah, ever. That's true. But as far as his performance, I just thought Dustin had a beautiful Dustin game plan. Had a great game plan. And executed it almost perfectly and was able to not get and once especially once he got hit with one of Connor's shots and he was like, "Okay, I can take it." Yeah. He got Confidence. so much more oh, confident. Yeah. And, you know, that's just the way it goes sometimes. Connor got caught. You know, his leg was busted up. Um, it happens. I could totally foresee him, you know, if he wins one more, I'm sure they'd, the UFC would put him back in title picture. Yeah. And I'm sure he could fight for a belt again. Um, well, the way thing- I'm – the approach I'm taking, though, is that really – What's going to be more important to Connor at this point? I don't even know if that's the it right It should question. be a title and, and legacy. It, it's not money. I mean, but at the same time, like, the Nate Diaz fight probably is the best fight to take if you want to get back to a title fight. Because people value that win more than a Dan Hooker win. Or Which Tony is Ferguson win. That's unfortunate. An RDA win. Yeah, the casual maybe. I mean, Nate Diaz could probably... I mean, Nate Diaz could compete with those guys. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying he couldn't compete. But a, a, a win, like caliber of a win. A win over like... Well, Tony's on a two-fight losing streak. But say Connor were to beat a guy like a Gaethje or something. That should be held in a, so much higher regard than a win. Yeah. Right now in the current state of Nate You know, Diaz. it's just like... People are acting like this loss to Poirier is the worst thing ever because no. people... People just aren't respecting yeah. Dustin at all. It's pretty sad. Yeah. And uh, kind of part of that, I mean, that's that's kind of what happens when you hit that level of stardom. It's, yeah. it's like the reverse end. It's like you get all these positives. This is the, the downside to it. It's yeah. like you're held under this microscope and now you're... Since you've lost to a guy who doesn't have as many Instagram followers as you... Yeah. People act like he's a shit fighter. It's yeah. like that's not true. Yeah, he's actually true. really Dustin good. Poirier is world class. Yeah, might be the next champion. Might yeah, and really, if you're looking at the division right now, technically, might just be the best lightweight in the world if <laughs> yeah. he's retired. Another reason I do like Connor Nate. This is kind of something we didn't touch on, but it kind if they, if they do this fight, because let's see, we're in January. I mean, you could could see Connor fight again in May, May yeah. June. Yeah. It depends on the leg. He technically has a six month medical suspension. 180 days, but that can be shorter once his leg gets cleared. So it's technically 180 days, but that can be cut down. Um, so don't put that in too much perspective. But if he gets to fight with Nate, it allows time for the top five of that division to play out as well. So mm-hmm. I do like that for that reason too. Yeah, I think my biggest thing is 
Connor needs to decide, in my opinion, like, all right, how many fights does he realistically have left? Especially if he keeps, if he loses Mm -hmm. more. So, to me, that Nate Diaz fight's the biggest fight you can make right now. I mean, maybe the Poirier trilogy would be bigger. I don't know. Well, okay. So, I'm not... I'm not opposed to the Connor and Dustin immediate trilogy if it wasn't for the fact that Dustin's next fight has to be for a belt. And you don't That's want, where the problem is. You don't is. think they should be fighting for a belt because Connor just got exactly. beaten. Yeah. Exactly. And I think that's... I, I but agree. the trilogy as a whole... I would love to it might sell. It might sell better than Connor Nate three at that this point. Is, they, they were but discussing that. I right now I'm sticking that Connor Nate three is the biggest fight you can make for Connor. And, and if that fight happens, that's just better for the whole division. It is because other people get to fight as well. Yeah, and if Connor wins that, then he might be in the picture for a title shot, or maybe he does fight, you know, with Justin Gaethje or, you know. A, Maybe you do to Port. Maybe Poirier loses to Oliveira, and you do mm-hmm. Poirier Connor right. three, and the winner fights for a belt. Yeah, so, but if Connor loses to Nate, which he could do, uh, we have a whole other episode. Then we have a then we then at that point you're basically just trying to salvage as much value as you can out of his star power. Yeah, and that's why the Connor or the Nate fight's kind of safe in my opinion. It if is you a book safer him, fight. if you book him against Dan Hooker or. RDA, a Tony, an RDA, Paul Felder, a Gaethje, a Chandler, any yeah. of them. And that the, division and they, is killers. And they beat him, or even knock him out, or starch him. And they're not as big of a name you as know, Nate. So it's like... You, but if Nate beat, Nate's already beaten him. Exactly. So it's like, it, it's a safer... Although it technically might be, and I'm putting quotes on this, a worse loss. I'm not saying that in a mean way, yeah. but like, the loss would be looked at. Losing to an unranked Nate, because of Nate's... Star and name power is a better loss than actually losing to like a number one ranked Justin Gaethje. Yeah, you know what I mean. No, I, I agree with you. It's just how because ultimately star power is carried by casuals, not by hardcore fans. Yeah, yeah. there's more of casuals. And a new part of it is like, what is the UFC thinking? What do they want to do? Well, I think Dana and the UFC they definitely still like just look at this like, okay, he lost, but he's still gonna bounce back and be our champion Tuesdays are uh war room meetings right yeah. so maybe something happens yeah I don't later. know what they're thinking I'm sure that I know it wasn't the outcome they were hoping for I mean yeah that's that's right. never been more obvious than the lead up to this one for me I'm sure it's happened before but the fact on Dana's well the face. fact that Dana was like they were out basically showing clips of him talking to Habib about a rematch with Connor it's like yeah. you can tell what they wanted here but well, and it was always like if Connor wins, yeah, then this if Connor happen. wins. If Connor wins, not you know, Just Dana not, did do a decent job of saying you know this is still a different Dustin, blah blah blah. But uh, yeah, you, know, you can just your, tell your your bank account. Yeah, right? and now it's in a weird spot where if he loses to like a Nate Diaz, who we don't or know. just a loss in general. Yeah, really. I mean, it's um, it does affect. His ability to sell. That's why I think at some point you could see him in a co-main. I mean, if he loses to Nate Diaz in a trilogy, his next fight could realistically be... I, honestly, I think before that happens, I think he would just retire. Oh, I, I was going to say, maybe this is a hot take, maybe it's not, but I think we see Connor retire before we ever see him in something that's not a main Yeah, event. and I, I think that's completely the case. He, he has too much of an ego, and 
to ever be less than. And really, he has They wanted him and Cerrone to be a co-main originally. People don't realize that. Yeah, that's true. So, um, and he was like, uh, no. no. And he gets a slice on that pay-per-view. Yeah, so... so I definitely think uh, we'll see Connor retire before something like that happens, but that leads us into another point. You know, how many more fights does he have, though? Especially if, like, if he loses to Nate Diaz, let's say down. May. Do you see him really fight again? Mm, There's no other fight that's really that big, but also that competitive. Yeah, because like. Because like if what if Connor he loses, loses to Nate, but Dustin does become the champ? You can't do that trilogy until Dustin were to lose yeah. the belt. And it's like, it's just like if Connor loses to Nate, like let's say it's like a pretty quick loss. Like know, if he gets finished, gets finished early or something, you know, then you're like, got oh boy, like he's he's starting to slip, right? Yeah. What other fight is there that would sell very well, but is also very competitive? Because yeah. him and Nate is a very competitive fight on paper right now. Both guys are in similar kind of states, that inactivity, the the star power, but they're they're also like, like I think Nate is a top 10 guy at lightweight, but I also think that him and Connor Styles just mesh well together where like either guy could really win on any day and... Well, I mean, and Nate's getting older, yeah. too, so we can't just keep holding Nate out on the shelf. I know some of it's due to Nate, right? you know, wanting the money fights, which is fine. He paid his dues, just like Dustin. But, uh, yeah, man, I think a lot of it does come down to what the UFC wants to do. What does Dustin want to do? I don't know. There's a lot of factors here, but I know that we're going to see Connor again. It is, though, how many more times are we going to mm-hmm. see Connor again? So uh, That would be my question. My biggest question is... How many more, especially with another loss? Yeah. If he wins, I think that's going to be my answer for the state of, right? If Connor wins his next fight, I think you're still back on the train of... And I think we see him again. You're back in the season. I think you you see him again this year. If, assuming when that fight happens in 2021 anyway. While if he loses, I think he might be done. And, you know, really... This is all here. It's not just like... We're not, like, shitting on him. We're just kind of look at it. Glass half empty and glass half full. Like, And Connor's accomplished a lot. He really has. Yeah. I mean, he's 10-3 and three in the UFC. Three losses. Nate Diaz, Habib, Dustin Poirier. Not bad losses. And he's beaten a bunch of guys. It's a future Hall of Famer. The first two weight world champions simultaneous. So many records. Box office records. Quickest title fight finish. and The list just goes on and on. So it's like... Really, there isn't much left to accomplish, and it comes down to just, are you fighting for legacy, or is your legacy cemented enough for you to feel comfortable mm-hmm. leaving? So, yeah. Third yeah. kid on the way, yeah. in the summer. You know, it makes life a little more stressful, I'd have to imagine. Mm-hmm. And all the business endeavors, so much money, and the clothing, the freaking whiskey, it's just, there's more, there's bigger things, it seems, that are happening in his life now. In my opinion. I saw this brought up. I want to say it was on Helwani in D.C. Um, could be wrong about that. But basically they were talking about how, you know, when you're a guy like Conor McGregor at that, at that power, that star power, your training camps are based around you, what you want to do. Right. So he comes in and decides what he wants to do that day, and the training partners follow suit. You know, he doesn't have – you know, I know John Cavanaugh is a great coach, but – 
John Kavanaugh's not getting on his ass every right. day necessarily. Like, you know, Connor's just different. You know, this isn't a guy like, um, you know, think of a guy. God, I don't even know who to compare. Like, look at a guy like Chris Weidman or someone. Like, someone who trains with Ray Longo and Matt Sarah. And yeah, you know yeah. they're on his ass, like, all the time. Yeah. Connor doesn't have that. He doesn't have someone that, like, puts a training camp in place for him mm-hmm. anymore. Which... Um, it's kind of the point of Habib's Twitter post he made right. when he was talking about like when you and leave, then, you know going leave. to Portugal and yeah so when you leave the training partners behind that got you to the dance like this yeah. is what happens um so the question was kind of like could you could Connor really ever do that due to all these outside factors he's got you know he's right he's this business mogul, <laughs> mogul. really um like he's how rich and famous he is all these appearances he has to make you know can he ever really be all about right. MMA again? Right. It's that it's that, you know, that, that other side of fame. You know, Ronda Rousey went through it. We saw all that kind of turn You know, out. and it is part of it is hard to watch and see it play out. You know, it's just, if that's it's the crazy. route if that's the route we're going, you know, I still think Connor can salvage it. If we oh, it yeah. feels like we're being maybe yeah. maybe Connor. I'm being a little I might be being a little too like uh pessimistic. But I just like to put it out there because we're we we're, we're weighing ways. all we're weighing all the options. Exactly. And on the other end, if he goes and beats Nate Diaz, he could go in a tear like and I would start predi- I would predict him to beat Nate Diaz in a third fight. And if he does, I think he would fight the winner of Poirier Oliveira for the belt. I just think that's what the UFC would do. And he could very well win that fight. Not sure if I would pick him in either one, but it's still an option. Yeah. Especially, like, I think he would have a better chance against Poirier than Oliver. Well, uh, <laughs> Charlie Oliver, maybe. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I still think that Connor has... I think this next fight for him is going to... Is a huge crossroads. It's, it's huge, yeah. That's a good way to put it. It's a, a crossroads. huge crossroads. Yeah. And, um, that a lot will be answered. I, uh, maybe. I mean, who knows? Yeah. Maybe. He could totally be a guy, though, that starts couple years down the line he comes back and fights some guy and it'll sell around a million buys yeah then he'll leave again and maybe a couple years after that he'll come back and fight someone else Uh, connor could i could totally see him going that route too Mm -hmm. where it's just like he'll make an appearance every couple years but it's like like brock (laughs) but this is kind of my my thing is like is he gonna kind of embrace just being that legend status right like the legend fights or is he still looking for the fights that's going to get him to a title fight? Yeah. That's why I think Nate Diaz is like the best of both. Mm-hmm. Or the closest thing to both. Legend fight, but also competitive fight that can get you a title fight. And, you know, trilogy, one-to-one. Somebody's got to win. Yeah. There's a lot. So, that that's kind of where I'm going to leave the state of Conor McGregor. Do you have any final thoughts? I don't think there's any more to add. Talk for a while. That was a conversation and a half. It was. Uh, so thank you guys. For those of you that are still listening, thank you for grinding it out with us. Uh, this was definitely not what we thought was going to happen, but that's why I love this format. We just, we just talk and shoot the breeze. Yeah. So um, let us know your yeah, thoughts. Yeah, join in on the conversation. Let us know what your sure. thoughts are of Conor McGregor. Where do you think he stands right now? Where do you think his future lies? You know. Do you think he's done? Do is the think, legacy cemented? Do you think it's done? Yeah. You know, is the best days behind him? Or do you think that this is just a blip on, you know, just a, a mark on his story mm-hmm. and he's going to override this one and bounce back and become champ again? Let us know. Um, until then, 
next week. We won't be seeing you guys for yeah, a little there's while. There's no event this Saturday, so there won't be any preview or recap on Friday or Monday. But we will be seeing you guys Friday. February 5th. February 5th, my yeah. mom's birthday. Big episode. Big episode. So we're going to be previewing a huge fight night. Headlined by Alistair Overeem versus Alexander Volkov. Big heavyweight fight there. There's a lot of other big fights on the card. I want to give a shout out to Dom. Uh, he is now a writer for Overtime Heroics, as I keep uh, mentioning, plugging on here. He is now a member of the MMA Elite. Uh, he's a writer on their staff. He does some great articles for them. Um, do, you have, do you want to touch on any that you have coming up? Fun one coming up, actually. I was going to talk uh, about the one for that card, but I didn't know if you wanted to surprise Yeah, it. Uh, so January 31st, or that's the plan anyway. January 31st to February 1st, uh, I'm going to start my own kind of series for Overtime Heroics. I'm going to be doing a UFC recap of that month. So obviously the first one's going to be a month of July. I'm going to get into my own, you know, you guys are used to hearing the nitty-gritty on the podcast. Uh, I'm doing a nitty-gritty in the article, breaking down all the fights, the finishes, the decisions, all the fun stats, and then kind of going into my own biggest takeaways from each month. Mm-hmm. So just a couple hints coming up. Uh, some of my takeaways from this month, UFC debuts on ABC, uh, Max's masterpiece, as I like to uh, call it. <laughs> um, fans are back, kind of, and then I did a uh, good write-up on Dustin as my last takeaway, so I'm looking forward mm-hmm. to getting that out. And then as Noah mentioned... I do have another preview coming up for that card, and it is... It's Benil Dariush and Carlos Diego Fajera. You know, and I, I texted Noah last night. I said, man, guess what fight I got? Guess what I get to preview? Guessed it spot on. I knew it. I just know you too well. 64 podcast episodes in. It's like, what else does this guy need to know? You know? <laughs> yeah. So uh, looking forward to that. So any support on that's appreciated. But uh, thanks for the support on the podcast as well. Thanks for grinding through this marathon with us. We know it's going to be like nine days until our next episode, but it's a little, a little just break because then, starting with that preview on Friday the fifth, we get back into some normalcy. You know, March and April are looking. Yeah, so we went six episodes in ten days. Now we're doing a nice little break, yeah. re- regroup, and then we're back into normal. So, yeah, so. agreed. Uh, some other fights on that card: Corey Sandhagen versus Frankie Edgar. That's probably a title eliminator. Mm-hmm. Um, Darius Fajera, Clay Guida, Michael Johnson. Uh, Pantoja, Manel Cape, Manel Cape making his debut. Shout Molly Meatball in the prelims. Molly Meatball, yep. Uh, Nico Montano, the OG yeah, women's flyweight, flyweight champ. champ. She's uh, like a co-main or third fight on the main card or something, I think. I don't know. I don't She's know on the main card. I don't know. Cody Stamen, Andre Ewell. Ooh, that's a fun fight. Very good fights on this card. I mean, Devontae Smith is on there. Uh, Mike Rodriguez. Yeah, it's a Broken Marianne Renault, Macy Chason. Good fights, man. Uh, Odie Osborne. Can't, I, a lot of good fighters on there. February has a lot to live up to because it's sandwiched in between an amazing month of January with the three events on Fight Island, mm-hmm. and March is stupid. <laughs> March is stupid. Two pay-per-views, five title fights, Hamzat and Leon in the middle. February has a lot to live up to because they are stuck in a shit sandwich. <laughs> Lucky for them. This is true. Fights aren't made on paper. That's true. They're made in the octagon. Until then, Dominic Slee, tell the good people where they can find you on social media. Twitter, Instagram, at DSLE14. Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, at B-A-J underscore M-M-A podcast. And as for me, if you go to my bio on Twitter or Instagram, at 
ntbaker underscore, you'll be taken to our link tree, which gives you the links to all the platforms that the podcast is on along with the social media platforms. That includes the Twitter, the Instagram, the YouTube channel, along with Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. It's all on there, baby. And there's a couple links for the Anchor page, the first one. Recording a voice message. Y'all know we're trying to hit it hard in 2021. Especially now. Yeah. You all heard Tyler's beautiful voice. Yeah, y'all have something to kind of compete with. If you heard his beautiful voice on Friday, yeah, it could be you. You can record up to a 60-second clip if you go to that link. Um, You can talk about an upcoming fight, a news story. If you just want to say hi or tell us we're a piece of shit, you can do it there. And there's another link if you want to become a supporter of the podcast. That just provides with a few dollars a month, and all that money goes back into improving the quality of the podcast, whether it be improving the audio equipment or down the line doing a video podcast. So, again, you can find all that if you go to my bio on Twitter or Instagram at ntbaker underscore. With that, we're out. We'll see you all on Uh, February 6th. February 5th. Okay. <laughs>